0: Welcome to the Cuz I Have To podcast, when living your dream is the only option. That's right, Jason Friday. <laughs> and we are going to live another person's dream today. Our guest today is a student of baseball and its history, a former radio DJ, a marathon runner, and a writer. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Jim Nelson in the house. Welcome, Jim.
1: <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you? Thank you. That was nice of you. <laughs> I it's love what she does. <laughs>
0: I love your background. Of you have like all these, um, you know, what would you call them? Gold records or whatever behind you, but all this music behind you. You uh-huh. are a music. What do you call it? A music music
1: freak. I'd call the it a freak? music freak. Yeah, I guess a music
0: <laughs> yeah. freak would be the uh,
1: best. There's some ba- baseball term. there too. I'm also a baseball yeah. freak.
0: Baseball and music and writing and more, guys. It's all yeah. coming up in just a second Welcome to the Because I Have To podcast.
2: When living your dream
0: is the only option. Welcome to season two. We are your
2: hosts. I'm Jason Friday.
0: I'm Julie Slater. This podcast is about facing your fears, digging deep inside yourself and following your passions.
2: We hope to give you a push to live your dreams. Now let's get back to it.
0: And we're back. (laughs) All right. Man, that
2: was so long. Thank God. Uh, For people
0: in the Southern California area, uh, Jim started his radio career in 1978. Uh, I'm going to name some of the places. KCAL, San Bernardino, you worked at KLOS, KTWV, KWST in Los Angeles, 88.5, also syndicated radio shows. I remember Rockline. Power Cuts, and In the Studio, uh, also a writer for the Album Network, Radio and Records, and AAA radio.com That's just to name a few. It's to name a mm-hmm. few, Jim. You've been all over the place. What the heck? Yeah.
1: You must be tired. can't stay focused. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired, but full of energy, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah.
0: It is um, good. It's funny, the one comment that was in your bio about you became a music freak the instant you heard the monkeys i'm a believer on the radio i love that you know exactly when and what song it was and how did the monkeys come into play
1: well i'll tell you what guys i can remember every detail oh, wow. it was a saturday morning it was rainy and gray outside i was dusting my parents bedroom and they had a clock radio in there and i always was listening to it it was 93 khj and the dj says i wish i could remember who but i don't the dj says and here's a new song from the monkeys and like a like a light switch went on or something it was instant it was i can't describe it but it was life changing. And I remember those details. And I'm not going to tell you exactly when it was, but it was exactly uh, 55 years ago this month. <laughs> it, was, it, it was December was there a of 19. 19- full
0: moon happening at the time? <laughs> yeah.
1: Actually, it was either. No, it was rainy and gray outside, though. But it was, uh, it was either December of 66 or 67. So it was either 55 or 56 years ago this wow. month. So, life changing and yeah, I'll never forget it. And the irony is I never became an enormous fan of the monkeys. I just somehow that moment yeah, changed it clicked me. But for I, you.
0: yeah. Yeah, it clicked
1: and and here I am now the music freak that you see in front of you.
0: <laughs> what was the very first DJ job you had and how old were you and how did it come about?
1: I started doing college radio when I was 18 and then my first paid gig on the air was at KCAL FM. I was probably 26 maybe cuz when I worked at K I worked at KLOS and K West I worked behind the scenes. I wasn't on the air at either of those stations. So KCAL FM in 86. So I was yeah, I was 20 26 maybe
0: it's always fun as a radio dj myself like looking back at the beginning like wow and getting your first dj gig it's pretty exciting to be on the air although mine was at a country station
2: (laughs) sorry (laughs) in florida in florida so double sorry sake wow yeah
1: Yeah. no offense to people who love country music but it's it's not for me I could never do that I don't know well, enough about that music to begin with I will with.
0: say yeah. um you just end up liking the songs that sound kind of rock and roll like even Patsy Cline you know what I mean mm-hmm. and you find the mm-hmm. few artists and I mean I was like 18 years old so it was just fun to be on the air I didn't stay there long but it was It was super cool, but it was also hilarious because people would call up and just yell at me for mispronouncing. You know, back in the day, we certainly didn't have Google and I couldn't say, hey, Alexa, how do you pronounce this name? Pretty funny. Can you imagine, Jim, can you imagine DJs today? They didn't know how we, hey, this is the greatest thing ever that Jason always says and you'll totally relate. Like if someone's trying to act big on me, it's like, why don't you just tell them you cut tape? with a razor <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like once you can uh, uh, cut uh, tape get back to me
1: those white uh pens oh, uh, yeah. what yeah they're called grease pens grease, grease pen. pencils whatever yeah you'd have to mark it and you'd uh, tape it and uh, at the angle you know you had to go at an angle because it was a, a better more clean splice oh yeah i did all that stuff
0: i mean it was yeah, just for people listening who don't know back in the day you know you had to record on these tape machines and you would have like mm-hmm. three and a half minutes to take a caller, and, and do a contest, edit it with a razor and tape and a, and a grease pencil and get it mm-hmm. on the air. Like that's get insane. It queued up and
2: all that stuff. That's
0: yeah. insane.
2: It's so analog funny. editing at its best.
0: <laughs> so funny. So funny.
2: <laughs> that's I and love then, that though. I think that's incredible.
1: Years later. I was uh, I I was a producer on uh, NBC Sports Radio Network and doing all that digitally uh, and having to, you know, turn it around really quick and get it on the air. And, oh, a lot better,
0: <laughs> a lot easier to get it done <laughs> yeah, right?
1: quickly then. Absolutely.
0: That's funny. Uh, so then what ended up happening? I know you had such a great stint as being a radio DJ, but recently you really decided to hang up those headphones. What was Mm -hmm. the big decision to like, you know, are you done for good? Would you never go back? Is it ever over? I feel like radio to me is like the mob. You think you're going to go back and someone's like, (laughs) get over here.
1: You know, um, the, the shorter answer to that question is that if somebody offered me a job, I would very much entertain the idea. Um, At the same time, it's been a little over a year, and I don't miss it quite the way I thought that I might. Mm -hmm. I have a very full life, and that helps. I'm not sitting around going, oh, man, I would have been on the air right now. Um, So that's helpful. Um, It just, you know, it got to be time. It felt time. Uh, It's not the only thing that I do in my life, and it's not the only job that I had. And yeah. at some point, you just kind of go. I kind of wouldn't would like to just maybe have one job instead of multiple jobs. And uh, so it was it was time. Plus, uh, you know, writing my book needed to have I needed to have some some pre time for that.
0: Yeah, let's dig into your book. Um, Second. Let's dig into your book Miracles Are Funny. Uh, a book about miracles in everyday life and how we're all connected and playing a role in each other's lives whether we recognize it or not. I want to say whether we like it or not. <laughs> we're whether all connected. we like
2: it or not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what they both led are. you
0: Yeah, what led you on this? I feel like you and I and Jason too are kind of have similar like spiritual, you know, like meditating and really I feel getting the the gist of your book is really digging into yourself and seeing how you could make other people's lives better and and i i guess just tell me about the book how it came to you and what's what's keeping your passion about writing it cuz you know writing a book takes some time
1: yeah uh, i'm almost 5 years into it now oh wow um you know well first of all i never set out to be a writer but 35 years ago, I got hired to do a job that included writing a radio script for a show called Power Cuts that uh, Gino Michelini was the host of. uh, It was on KLOS, but it was on stations all over the country. And um, I enjoyed that process. I, I remember that I really enjoyed the idea that you could start on Monday with an idea. And on Friday, you had a tangible radio show in your hand. And that was... That was fascinating to me. Um, And one job after another, just I got more and more into writing. And eventually I was writing magazine articles on a a pace of a minimum of one a week and also writing my own column every week. And so I was starting to write a lot and I got really, really into that. And then back in the mid 90s on a lark. I went and saw a woman who drew my aura Ooh. and I'm not, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm a mystic, which is means that, you know, you're spiritual without all the dogma. Uh, I, I believe in uh, universal love and connectedness and that we're all part of it. We're all one. Uh, I can't remember who it was who said it. Uh, but there's a great quote. There's only one of us here. Uh, I love that and that feels right but even then getting my aura drawn didn't feel quite it felt a little you know circusy a little you know that kind of stuff <laughs> uh, but I went for fun anyway and she said something to me that really struck me she said oh I see here that you're going to write something that's going to change the way people think but you're not going to write it yet cuz you haven't met the person that you need to meet first and I'm like Okay, she doesn't know I'm a writer. Where'd that come from? I, I I sort of thought that's weird, but I never forgot it. And then um about uh probably about seven years ago, I started to realize that wait, I think maybe I could write a novel. And I started to write something, but it was forced. It wasn't it was me crafting something because I thought I should, and it didn't go anywhere. And then one day around this time, mid-December of 19, no, not 19, 20, uh, maybe 17, yeah, 2017, all of a sudden, this book started writing itself in my head. Uh, The characters started to reveal themselves and literally chapter ideas and storyline ideas just started to fall into my head. And I'm like, I got it. I got to get this. I got to get this on paper, so to speak, in my computer. And, um, the holidays were just, uh, just around the corner. It was a little closer to Christmas time. And I thought, okay, I'm not going to have time to do anything in the next week or so, but what if I started on new year's day? What Mm -hmm. a great time, right? So, um, that's what I did. I made a commitment that on new year's day, 2018, I would start actually getting these thoughts on paper as it were. And Over the last five years, I have continued, and I'm about 60,000 words in now, which um, is about 180 pages, and I have the bones of it finished. I'm just fleshing out characters and storylines right now. Um, There's a lot of details I need to add. I've always loved the way Stephen King and Donna Tart is one of my favorite artist, uh, writers, I should say. And what they both have in common is that they put so much detail into their writing that you feel like you're right there. You can see the room. You can smell the room. You can hear what's going on. And so some of my storylines need more detail. And that's what I'm working on now. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have it finished by 2030, 12 should be <laughs> should be able to finish it by then.
0: <laughs> now- have you, have you shopped it around at all? Uh, like No, the
1: no, that's going to come. Book? That's going to.
2: Yeah. yeah, It's I'm writing. I'm creating. Then
1: then yeah, we'll yeah. figure
2: out what to do with it. That woman. I, I was trying to remember what you said about the woman reading your aura or whatever. She said you would meet mm-hmm. somebody. Did you meet somebody that helped you start or think or guide you into that? You know, Jason, that's that's a great question. And I was just
1: thinking about that the other day. And I'm not sure that I did meet that person unless that person was the me who was ready to write right. it right okay you that's know? why
2: i asked because i kind of was like okay well maybe it was just you mm-hmm. going oh sh-, you know this is okay this is what i'm doing <laughs> yeah exactly
1: because I, I there's nobody helping me with it but at the same time well, maybe
0: somebody's helping you somebody's <laughs> the universe the universe is helping yeah. me sure they're like and s- change that line jim
1: actually it's more like we're changing that line jim (laughs) and you're like no 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 and it's like too late And my my fingers are going it's like oh okay okay i got it um what what's what might be the answer to that jason is that um the book is uh, i think it's eight different storylines and each one of them actually happened they're based okay. on things that actually happened. And so the people who are part of the storylines, many most of which happened with me and another person or me by myself, there are a couple of storylines that actually happened to other people, but people in my very, very immediate circle. It's not like I read a story in the newspaper about it and decided. It's like, right. no, I know the people and they told me about it firsthand. Um, so that it. might be what was, you know, what, what was the, what the aura reader was saying also. Right. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's,
2: it's interesting. Yeah. It makes sense. You're no wonder why you're like, well, it could have been me or it could have been what you just said. Like all of the people that still, you were the primary person with all of these secondary things, which were the stories. So. Right.
1: And re- remember there's only one of us here. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly.
2: So who knows? Wait, who's that behind you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's just me. <laughs> or maybe it's you. <laughs> yeah, it could be me. It's me.
0: <laughs> now, what brought oh, you man. to la- the idea of the book about miracles? That something specifically happened to you? Well, or is it just continued things that you're like, oh, this is what I need to write about?
1: It, it, well, like I said, it just sort of started to write itself. And the more I thought about what was already starting to come into my head, I started to recognize other things that happened in my life that, well, that would tangentially go with it, wouldn't it? And then once I started to realize, at one point, I thought I I had five storylines. And as I was writing, I've added three more. I started to realize there's a, a lot of ways I could do this. It could be a book of short stories. But what I liked even better was the idea that Um, getting back to what I was saying a minute ago, I think that we're all connected in ways that we don't always recognize. Um, And so I show that in the book by having each storyline sort of hand off to the next story. So um, for instance, I sent you guys an excerpt of it. And if you had a chance to read all the way to the end, there's a, a delivery uh, a driver who delivers some furniture at the end of the storyline well he's going to be the main character in the next storyline so it it oh, hands off from one story to the next and that's Whoa. not the way it actually happened in real life but i thought by doing that in the book it's going to first of all every single person in the book is connected in some way because each story is connected to the next one but there's also going to be a way at the end of the book where it all sort of ties up in a bow where we come full circle. So I like that (laughs) idea of of representing the connectedness of of everything.
2: Yeah, that's literally what I envisioned. As you were saying, I was like, yeah, literally makes a circle. The circle of life are all people connected. That's interesting. Cool. Yeah, uh, exactly. You you totally got it right. Are you
0: ready to sell the movie rights to the book?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I would love to sell the movie rights to the book. I I already have the director in mind. I have the co-screenwriter in mind, and my daughter Who's the happens director? to be. A, um, well, she doesn't know yet, so I, I may not. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say her by name, but she's a pretty successful TV director who, uh, coincidentally enough. I met her because she sent me an email one day and said, hey, I listen to you on the radio all the time. My son is in a band. Would you listen to you know, some of his music? Maybe consider playing them. And I said, heck yeah. So I listened and I really liked them and wound up playing them on the radio quite a bit. And uh, even had him play down at the, the village one time when we were doing live concerts there on Sundays and, and everything. And after I got to know her a little bit better, I said, by the way, uh, my daughter's a trained actress, and if I sent you uh, uh, something that she's done, would you consider uh, uh, looking at it? And she said, she's a really, really. I've actually become friends with their whole family, and been you know been over there for Christmas and things like that. So. Um, she said, yeah, I'd I'd be glad to watch your daughter's, uh, 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 performance. And she wound up loving my daughter and cast her in several TV shows a few years ago. So, wow, it was kind of really nice, uh, kismet, if you will. And at the end of the day, uh, we talked about it later and I said, just so you know, I didn't play your son's music because I thought you might help my daughter. I really liked, I really like John's band. And she said I'm really glad you said that because I didn't give Madison those those parts in the TV shows because uh, I wanted you to help me. I really like her. And so awesome. it worked out great. It worked out great. That's cool. Wow, that is yeah. cool. Yeah. But when the time comes, I'm going to she's the first person I'm going to approach and say, "Hey, like, you want to you want to yeah, you want to direct yeah. a movie?" <laughs> you know. So and, well, and there's a part in there for my daughter, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> never hurt anybody, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, i have a big question about a disturbing part of your life i hope you're there is willing... none no i hope you're willing <laughs> to talk about this serious topic jim are you ready because we talk about everything here are you ready
1: okay no but go ahead
0: you say you wake up at 4 30 in the morning to <laughs> read, run or walk and meditate why in the... all of them why in the world would you do that yes.
2: why do you do that and i second the question it's it's are it's you okay funny. Yeah. Is signal, everything all right? Do you need us, us you need us to call an adult? You just
0: to call nine one one. If you're being held captive, we will help you.
2: Yes, just yeah. blink twice. At at, at 4:15,
1: uh tomorrow morning, call nine one one on me. Yes, definitely. <laughs> do you do this seven days
0: a week? Do you take a break? What's going on? Just
1: just just five Saturdays and Sundays. I sleep in a little bit and maybe. Get like up 5:15? At five fifteen. I was gonna yeah, say. What I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, You know, it's interesting, Uh, my my uh, my life partner, Claudia, and I were just out on a walk uh, just before I sat down to do this. And we were talking about that exact thing. And she was saying how much she loves walking in the early evening just after it gets dark. And I said to her, I said, yeah, I said, I really like being up and out in the in the pre-dawn hours. Nobody's around. I get to see the sun come up. Um, I'm I, I'm a serious night person, but I've also been a, a morning person. I existed for many, many years on four or five hours of sleep. Wow. And I really like being creative late at night. And I love being up before everyone else. So it works out fine. So no need to call 911. I'm actually happy. <laughs> I'm doing it on purpose. Um, I heard about this thing. I, somebody wrote about it in a book. It's like this 20-20-20 idea where you read for 20 minutes, you meditate for 20 minutes, and you walk for 20 minutes. And I don't do all of them for exactly 20 minutes every day, but I like the idea of getting all three of those in before it's time to start my day. So yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe start out with, we could try that 10-10-10. We'll do a little (laughs) step-by-step. We'll start slow yeah we'll get up wake early up at, the, at
0: like 7 45
2: yeah maybe, i was gonna say maybe i was
1: gonna say wake up at the crack of nine <laughs> <laughs>
2: wake up at the crack of the day just started as you wake up
1: <laughs> yeah oh my. well you're gosh. a musician yeah. jason so you don't see the daylight anyway right
2: <laughs> dude i don't even you know 4 a.m means it means that i'm going to bed
1: <laughs> you're just getting home right <laughs> yeah that's funny Te- text me and I'll text you back. <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> Jim, you good? Yeah, man. All right. Good night. Good morning. Yeah, you,
1: you you good, Jason? Everything all right. <laughs> yeah. How was the show last night? Oh, well, great.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's a man. I know when I heard Julie say that he wakes up at four or whatever. I'm like, what? That, you know, okay. Mark Wahlberg. He wakes up at two or one 30 a.m. To what? start, I gotta yeah. get up
1: earlier. I gotta be. <laughs> no, I know. You gotta Marky be. Markey. Mark got nothing on me. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's Crazy. funny. Uh, we need to dig into al- this.
1: What's that? I was to say my alarm goes off at four fifteen, and I roll out of bed about four thirty. I'm I'm human after all. I I, I don't jump out. <laughs> you of bed, allow but, yeah, one Yeah, let's go run. One
0: snooze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one oh, yeah. snooze.
2: My gosh.
0: Uh, let's get into your uh, obsession with baseball. Huge okay. Dodger fan, Gladly. I assume. Yeah. Yeah. How are you but, feeling about who did so. we just who did we just lose? Um
2: everyone. The young one? I was about to say everybody. Yeah. Co- Co- once Cody, again.
0: Oh, we did we lose Cody? Did I Trey know that?
2: Turner, Trey Justin, Turner Justin I
0: knew. Turner. Did we lose uh, Justin Turner too?
1: Well, he hasn't signed with anybody, yeah. but we let yeah. him go. I mean, mm. there's always a chance he'll come back. But yeah, yeah, Trey Turner signed with the Phillies, Cody Bellinger signed with the Cubs. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Heaney Bellinger. and and uh, Tyler Anderson both left to go to other teams. Yeah. yeah, we've had a lot of defections or 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 releases and we got back, are you ready for this? Anybody know how to do a drum roll? <laughs> we signed Jason Hayward to a minor league contract. Woohoo! <laughs>
2: I know. I saw that. I was like, cool. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, Andrew
1: Friedman runs the Dodgers. If you guys know him, no doubt. He is the closest thing that I know to a baseball genius. And I have a hundred percent trust that by the time spring training starts, by the time opening day starts, we're going to have a lineup. We're going to have a a field, a team that is going to be really good. Yeah. Um, I also read a couple of days ago that they that one of the things that either is rumored or speculated or maybe Friedman has talked about it, they want to save some money this year because uh, Shohei Otani is a free agent at the end of the 2023 season. Oh, yeah, in season. one year, right? And See, I we know
0: this stuff, guys. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. We, yeah, we you want do. him, and 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 that will be very, very cool. That would be fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking it'll
1: take like 10 years 800 trillion dollars probably decided.
2: Right. well he's gonna have to i know no kidding you're serious he's gonna have to like top uh mookie's number which was 12 year 325 i think it was
1: yeah i mean it was so, in that neighborhood you're yeah. uh, you're right i mean but nobody's ever been like shohei otani literally nobody in the history Quite. of baseball is he one yeah. of the
0: best pitchers
2: he, he's yes. an amazing everything
0: what team is he on now
2: He's on the Angels. Yeah. Oh,
0: I never watch Angels games.
1: Yeah, he was one of the the top five finishers in the Cy Young Award, and he was second place in the MVP Award. Um, If he were to concentrate on one or the other, he would likely be one of the best hitters in all of baseball or one of the best pitchers in all of baseball he yeah. already is but he would dominate he's yeah. Yeah. really really good yeah
0: so right now what would you say overall your biggest passion in life is is it writing
1: Ooh, good is it still all the um, things you know all of those things i am i've been reading a lot um and i'm the kind of guy that i don't read one book at a time i I've had as many as seven books going on at a time. Uh, Currently, I'm just reading two, but I've finished, uh, I think, four books in the last three months. And then the two that I'm in the middle of, I'd love to read. Um, What's my biggest passion right now? Um, Just overall improving myself as a human being, I think might be my answer. Uh, But I love writing. Maybe, you know, I also have a monthly uh, article that I write for a a classic rock website that each month I examine one of the all time great rock and roll songs. Um, And I've been doing that for almost a year. And I'm amazed at what I'm learning. You know, I wrote about Tiny Dancer by Elton John last month. And it's like, wow, I never knew any of this stuff. And that's one of my favorite songs. You know, wow. uh, give us one
0: cool fact about Tiny Dancer
1: that when Elton John is singing about Tiny Dancer, he was actually singing, uh, ultimately about the woman that his lyric writer Bernie Toppin married. So, how weird is that? Elton wow. John is singing about Bernie Toppin's ex wife in this, <laughs> what is effectively a a, a love song,
0: yeah. right? So,
1: that was one thing I actually never knew that, so that was one thing. Um wow. Yeah.
0: Interesting.
2: That is interesting. Okay,
0: uh, guys, it's time for It's Five O'Clock Somewhere, where we ask you five quick questions to get to know you even more, Jim, and I hope you're prepared for this. I'm glad you took a drink of water so that you're ready. How could I be prepared? I assume it's water.
1: (laughs) It's actually a a coffee substitute called Ticino that I love. That's another one of my passions is coffee, or in this case, no caffeine, no acid and there you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, uh question number 1. You have to lose one artist forever. You never get to listen to them again. You two, Bruce Springsteen or the Beatles. The Beatles. Yeah.
1: And I'm wearing a Beatles t-shirt right now ironically, <laughs> How but How dare you? <laughs> I couldn't lose Bruce or you two because uh, when I go see them in concert, as you both know, there's spiritual levels that get reached there that I couldn't possibly dream of giving up that easily so I never saw the Beatles live so I assumed that that's who I'd have to
2: lose.
0: Okay. Uh, Question number two.
2: Okay. Your book is about small miracles that happen to us every day. Name the last miracle you've witnessed.
1: Ooh. ooh. It's actually been a while since I've seen one that I noticed but it was about a year ago, a good friend of mine, uh, a guy actually also in a band that, I've, that I played on the radio many times here in LA. His brother was shopping at uh, a thrift store about 40 miles from home and was just looking on the racks and saw a letterman's jacket from the high school where he went to high school. And he pulled it out and looked at it and said, wait a minute, that's my high school. And then he looked at it a little closer and went, wait a minute, this is my brother's letterman's jacket. And the thing is, when his brother got the letterman jacket back in the early, when was it? Mid-90s, I think. He earned it for playing on the high school football team. But his family was was not able to afford the jacket. Oh my god. So it got ordered. He never got it. And then they, he never got it. Oh my and gosh. uh 25 years or so later, oh my his god. own brother just happens upon it in a thrift store 40 miles away. <laughs> and now my oh, friend shit. has the jacket and several TV news stations, Good Morning America uh cnn you can read about this on the internet that he was what? reunited with this jacket 25 years ago a jacket that he never actually uh, even saw in the first place
0: that's a great story wow that is and crazy, it still fits crazy. him oh my gosh, that's even better. <laughs> okay question number three you've ran a marathon 26.2 miles uh, we saw you at the la marathon we cheered you, you on. guys were
1: amazing i gotta <laughs> tell these people what you did it was like mile 17 i was tired i was sore i was cramping it was hot i was sweaty and there's julie and jason with a an ice box full of wet towels that have been soaking in ice water and popsicles <laughs> You guys were like my saviors that day. It was the one, literally one of the best things I've ever. Did we seen. have
0: popsicles?
1: Yeah, Do you, you did, that? and I had at least two of them. I thought we had a beer. I, oh, maybe I we drank popsicles. I don't we we think had a know. bunch of have, stuff. Yeah. You might have had the beer, but you didn't yeah. share it with me. And that's, <laughs> and that's perfectly fine because beer is not what you want when you're in the middle of running 26.2 miles.
0: Well, my big question, really, although you kind of answered it, was what were you thinking at mile 20?
1: You know, uh, from mile 13 to mile 23, I was having some seriously bad cramps. My upper legs, front and back on both legs had cramped up and I'd never experienced anything like that before. And it was really hard to lift my legs. Um, So at mile 20, I was thinking, how am I gonna finish this? But I had to, it was a promise I made myself in high school that I would do a marathon, I would complete something that I had started in high school, that an injury prevented me from finishing. So I was determined to finish it no matter what. So at mile 20, I was in pain and thinking, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. Yeah. But mile 23, I loosened up and I started to realize I've only got a 5K left. I can do this. And it started to get enjoyable again.
0: Oh, that's cool. But now you
1: ran one, Julie, didn't
0: you? I ran two in a week.
1: You you Jim. ran two marathons in a week. Okay, so you, I need to ask you, are you okay? <laughs> Should we be calling?
0: I mean, this was a, this was behalf? a minute ago. Maybe 15 15 years ago. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Wow, two in one week. That's phenomenal.
0: I mean, one of them ended at mile 16 because of um the conditions and they ran out of water. So I ran 16 miles technically and then the next weekend right. I found another marathon cuz I was like, "Oh my gosh," I trained for all this, so then I, I the first one was Chicago and the second one was Long Beach. Wow! Yeah, it's a pretty cool feeling. I was very cool. fortunate that um, I didn't have pains while running, and and to me, after all that training, the marathon itself was pretty, pretty simple. I mean, I wasn't. A great mood towards the end like i just was like gotta get this over with gotta end this yeah like someone tried like people were on the sides like oh here your sister wants to talk to you no no, <laughs> no. <laughs> gotta wrap this baby up
1: but yeah 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 okay. I, I actually okay. i had told my kids i said i said to my kids i said i need you there i need you there at the finish line i need to have that motivation and i need to see your faces and they were great they showed up at eight o'clock in the morning, not knowing like how hard it would be to find a place and all that. Yeah. And I didn't show up for another six hours and they were such <laughs> troopers, but there they were at the end and it was the greatest
2: thing.
0: Oh, that's so great.
2: That yeah, is
0: awesome. Great. Okay, uh, question number
2: four. Name one of your biggest guilty pleasures. Reese's peanut butter cups. Hell yeah, boy. Yeah. Have
1: Reese's you had the dark chocolate ones? Cups. I love those. I I have and I like them but milk chocolate is is like um yeah it's like my addiction. Yeah. I actually gave up sugar and candy months ago and lost a bunch of weight and a few few weeks ago I started eating it again and I can't stop myself. I'm in trouble. <laughs> Maybe you should call 911 for that. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Milk That's chocolate funny. is my is my uh I don't know what you'd call it but yeah. It, yeah, no, it's, it's my, heroin. Yeah. <laughs> it's my <heroin>. <laughs> yeah, It's my harrowing. Even better.
0: All right, uh, question number five, our final question. Your time here on Earth passes, Jim, and you arrive at your final destination wherever that might be post-life. What do you hope they say to you when you get there?
1: Whoa. Um, the first thing that popped in my mind was I hope to say, I love the book. Oh, my God, that's great. That was great. That was great. I mean, because I mean, I'm 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 writing it because I really hope people will enjoy it and maybe feel um, inspired and uplifted by it. Uh, It's uh, it's written in a way that I hope people will feel good when they read it. So, yeah, if 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 somebody at the the pearly gates, as it were, (laughs) says, uh, hey, Jim, loved the book, uh, that would be great.
0: That's really great. great.
1: I love it. Yeah. yeah. All right.
0: Well, thank you, Jim Nelson, for coming by and talking about your passions. Look for his book "Miracles Are Funny," coming out very soon. When can we expect it? Twenty twenty-three.
1: Boy, that would be great. That would be great. It's. Yeah, uh, I've thought many times that it was almost finished, and then I kept thinking, kept realizing, oh, I got more to tell here, more to tell. But uh, yeah, with any kind of luck, it'll be figured out and out sometime in twenty twenty three.
0: Cool. Thank you. Well, when you have it out, you'll have to come back and tell us how it feels to have your book out.
1: I would love to. I'll get you your own uh I'll get you Our your own, own copies. Autographed copy. Autograph copy. Yeah. If yeah, if if that's what you want, I'd be happy to do that for you. <laughs> thanks for talking to me about it. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming by yeah. Jim.
1: Yeah. Of man. course.
0: Welcome to the Afterpod, where we talk about our guests after they leave the room. That was Jim Nelson, everybody.
2: Jim. Jimmy. Jim, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Jim? No, because you left.
0: (laughs) What a life, that guy. So uh, we didn't even get into why he didn't become a sports... You know, he's so into sports. I think he would become a sports caster or something.
2: I know. I feel like he could have been a two-parter. Like, really (laughs) digging into... you he know what I mean? Yeah, it, because yeah. he had so much, so many things he's done in life. Yeah. At only yeah. the young age of 27 he is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, but, but seriously, though, that's it's it was, I mean, sure, first off, it was great seeing him and talking with him, but it's just so cool to see everything that he's doing or that he's done.
0: We'll have to he, post on Instagram, yeah. um, find that video. We were at a U2 show, all the three of us. And uh, Jim and I danced to a song, and we were just like, you could just see our love of you two.
2: That's so good. I have it on my phone still.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was so great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I I mean, I just, I love seeing people that have just so many interests that really fill their soul, and, and that's what it's all about, you know?
2: Right, yeah.
0: And how, you know, he hasn't, he didn't write He's always been a writer, but like he said, he's finding his voice in a different way and that's a really cool thing.
2: It is cool. The least cool thing about him is 4: 15 a.m.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How does it that doesn't even make sense?
2: I don't know. How does and anyone
0: I, like, oh yeah, I love getting up that early. I yeah, literally <laughs> told a job like no way, I'm not doing that job at five four in the morning. I'm not getting to work at four. No, no thanks. Yeah.
2: Remember you remember you did do that? Didn't you do that at a KFI?
0: Oh, I used to have, uh I don't remember the t- Oh, I used to be on my I think I had to be you there th- by 6. Didn't I, I remember the first oh, time. Oh no, I, I had to be there by yes. 5. Yes. News is a tough hack because it is a tough... they sometimes have someone there 24/7 and they need somebody there early in the morning and man. For how long was it a year and a half? Or longer. I did every Saturday and Sunday. Yes, I had to get up at like 4.15, roll out of bed, go (laughs) to work at (laughs) 5.
2: I remember the first time you did it, the alarm was 3.45. And I was like, no.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and another news job where I don't do that position anymore, you had to be on air at 5. I think. So you had to get there at four yeah. do news and be smart. That's crazy. Being I, on, a, yeah. I, am, I was going to say, I am a midday person. Yeah, I like starting yeah. at 10. Hello, everyone.
2: Or afternoon. And yeah. that's about it. Uh. You're not an overnight. You're not a morning. <laughs> you're a normal.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's so funny because sometimes it's like, Early four thirty to me is like seven, <laughs> which is the time yeah. about the time I had to get up this morning. So I feel like I've been up since four thirty.
2: Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I know it hits. It hits hard.
0: But yeah, I'm looking forward to Jim's book. Miracles are funny. Uh, I'm sure. Gosh, he could write a book about his all his. He's worked at so many different radio stations and all. He should do a, like a music. memoir
2: thing. Yeah, are you kidding me? That'd be amazing. Uh, seriously, that that would be that would be a great book, and I think and hope that he will do that. And I look go, forward yeah. to seeing if he actually. Yeah, There's there you go. Jim. There's your prompt. There's homework. your
0: prompt. There's your messenger.
2: <laughs> There's your message. not just
0: the universe. It's Jason Friday.
2: Ooh, Here I am, Jimmy.
0: All right. Well, that was another great pod. Uh, episode number one twelve.
2: God, that just every time I hear it, I'm I'm getting just up there, in shock every freaking time.
0: Thank you guys for listening. Until next time.
2: See you guys. Love you. Thanks for listening to the Cuz I Have To podcast.
0: Find us on Instagram at Cuz I Have To Podcast.
2: Tell your friends about the pod and share an episode on your socials.
0: We'd love to hear from you too. Email us at CuzIHaveToPodcast at
2: gmail.com. Keep living those dreams, friends, because you have to.
0: Till next time.